Hello everyone, welcome to episode 8 of We Liked You First. This week we are reading a selected scene from the pilot episode of a TV series called The Singles, written and produced by Mark Matte. Um, the Singles is a mockumentary style comedy similar to that of The Office about a singles ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The scene you're about to see follows Matt Stevens, a recently returned missionary from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He has been recently called as the new Elders Quorum President and is given his first assignment to go and pick up chicken for the wards break the fast. He is accompanied by his lovable friend, Sean, and a curious film crew. Surely nothing can go wrong with such a simple task. Hey Sean, hold up a sec. Bishop wants us to go together to pick up a chicken for the break the fast. Cool, but we're taking your truck. My sister spilled moon sand all over mine. It's a five-year-old's dream. Yeah, it's fine. Mine's nothing special. Hey, uh, you must be the new Elders Corn president. Matt. I'm Natalie. Um, it's nice for you to meet me. Um, Bishop Goodman told me you were picking up the chicken from Sister Johnson. Oh, yeah, it's not a problem. We're happy to do it. No, it's a big problem. Um, Sister Johnson cooks for Break the Fast every month, and I've picked up the meal for each of the 18 months that I've served as Relief Society president. Uh, you don't need to worry about the chicken. I'll go get it. Oh, yeah, that's fine. No, we'll get the turkey. Bishop Goodman asked us. First of all, it's a chicken. Um, second... <laughs> Whatever it is, I think we're more than capable of picking it up. Well then, I don't want any issues. Just make sure the chicken gets here. The opening prayer is at one. Don't be late. <laughs> Do you know her? Nope. Not at all. Matt's car sucks. Moon sand in the pants would be better than that freaking clicking. Well, maybe Sean should stop playing with moon sand. Next time, we're taking my car. At Sister Johnson's house, I don't think I've ever seen more garden gnomes in my life. Gnomes are evil. That lady wore enough jewelry to stock a Macy's on Valentine's Day. Hello, you must be here to pick up the chicken. I'm Matt. Uh... Are you Sister Johnson? Yes, I am Sister Johnson, but oh, you handsome boys can call me Eunice, and you are? I'm Sean. Well, you two are strapping. I would have done my hair if Herbert were still alive. He'd be ashamed of me. Well, come in, come in. It's unseasonably warm this time of year. I just keep telling my cats that if they don't have their bath soon, they will not be happy. The fat one just keeps getting into the litter and flicking it over the tapestry. They say I play favorites, but we all know that's not true. I have to say, you boys are much more pleasant than that unsavory shrew that usually comes darkening my doorstep every month. After you. No, thank you. Her house looked like some kind of museum for things that didn't matter. Those cats were so still. They were stuffed. Oh. You didn't know that? Dude. 
Oh, don't mind the cats. They can be so fussy sometimes. How many are there? Don't ask that. It's quite all right, dear. There's 15 altogether. After Herbert passed, I truly needed the company. There's Joseph, Esther, Elijah, Jonah, Mary, Judah, Rebecca, Daniel, Ammon, Ruth, Alma the Elder, Alma the Younger, Jared, the brother of Jared, and Mr. Muffins. <laughs> this chick is bat crazy. <laughs> They'll bug you until you pet them but they mean no harm. Oh dear, if you give Rebecca attention, be sure to pet Alma Jr. He's quite jealous. Dude, let's get out of here. This lady gives me the creeps. Plus, I'm pretty sure Natalie will actually kill us if we're late. Uh, Sister Johnson, we've really got to get going. Is the chicken ready? Yes, dear, it's on the table there. Thank you. Sister Johnson is crazy. At one point, I'm pretty sure she was talking to a wall. But man, she knew how to cook a chicken. What is she doing? I don't know. Let's leave. The first time I met Heber, we were at Rick's college. I got this. Sean can be trusted to win in an eating contest or pwn someone at Halo, but... I wasn't going to make him responsible for that chicken. Then I dropped it. Oh shit, nanigans. Uh, excuse me, Bishop. I really need to talk to you. It's, it's urgent. All right, one moment. I'll catch you up later tonight. Uh, where are Matt and Sean? They were scheduled to be here with the chicken 20 minutes ago. Everyone is starving, and I can't have their irresponsible ways affecting the ward's happiness. <laughs> Natalie, I can't believe you, of all people, would be so critical. I'm sure they'll be here in no time. Now, if you'll excuse me. Why was I in the kitchen? <laughs> I had a very good reason to be here. Shame on you. Dinner should be here any minute. The food that Jonah was getting his grubby hands on uh, was mine. I have low blood sugar. That chicken went everywhere. All over the walls, the pictures, the floors, the cats. He should have let me carry it. I'd have delivered that chicken the way I win at Halo. You can't tell anyone. You're screwed. Oh, this is a disaster. We have no chicken for break the fast! Uh, sure we do! Five second rule, remember? This was on the ground for way more than five seconds! And so Heber told me, Eunice, you put that dress back, you didn't pay for it! And long story short, this is the dress I was married in. We can't feed this to people! Sure we can! We'll wipe the dirt off with some napkins, nobody will know the difference! You all take care of that chicken, I worked really hard on it. We will, if this chicken tastes half as delicious as it looks. Funny, I could swear Mr. Muffins was on the other side of the room. Cats can be messy sometimes. It's the price I pay for company. It's Bishop. Matt, Bishop Goodman, is the chicken almost here? Yeah, we're, we're on our way. Oh, good. 
For a second there, I thought Sean messed something up. <laughs> what took you guys so long? Sister Johnson was showing us all of her cats. She has 15 of them. Am I on speakerphone? Yeah. Did you hear what I said about you? Nope. Okay. I'll see you guys when you get here. stuck around so long because I was kind of hoping I'd get a chance to talk to the new guy, Matt. But an hour of waiting for food on a fast Sunday would do anyone in. Well, I think I'm going to get going. It's been almost an hour. Yeah, me too. Brooke, let's go. Everybody wait, they're here, finally. We were beginning to worry about the food, we're starving. What took you guys so long? Oh, we, uh, just got lost. I don't blame you. That neighborhood can be really confusing. I've seen Sister Johnson's chicken. It's not something you hide under a beach towel. They're up to something. She can be a bit much. Is she always so intense? Always. I don't think we've met. What's your name? I'm Matt. I sat behind you in Sacrament, remember? Oh, that's right. You're the guy Sean said should ask me out. Ah, yes, Sean. He can also be a bit much. So you and Sean are pretty good friends? Me and Sean? Um, well... Sean is my friend. It's just... What you do with Sean isn't something that you brag about to a girl you're trying to impress, you know? Yeah. I guess we're friends. Cool. I like him. He's funny. I'm Beth, by the way. Nice to officially meet you. Okay, let's hurry up and bless this bird so we can dig in! You too. When I saw the chicken, it was the greatest validation I ever could have hoped for. It was fuzzy and on a bed of tiny pebbles. Not the gourmet cooking Sister Johnson is known for and the food I deserve on Fast Sunday. I know you did something to screw this up, Sean. Shh, Jonah's talking to the big guy. And please bless the missionaries and especially all those who are preparing for their own missions. It looks like it grew hair. Gosh, I knew I should have picked it up myself. Sean is not available at the moment. Please leave a message after the beep. Hey, uh, do you guys think- Ian! We're in the middle of a prayer? Do you mind? Amen. 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 Beep. Unbelievable. I don't know why everybody thinks I screw things up. And don't you dare play that video of me falling out of the canoe reaching for the pastrami sandwich. That was one time. I know they did something to that chicken. Wait. You saw what happened. Well, f
I never thought I could be a vegetarian. I'm reconsidering that now. <laughs> well, hey, I, I never thought I could be Elder Scorn president. Whatever. Look at you. No, really. I hate speaking in front of people. And showing up to activities. And being involved in general. Honestly, I was hoping to get out of here as quickly as possible. Well then, that settles it. Settles what? I'm officially a vegetarian, and you are sticking around. There's just one thing. And what would that be? All of that poor bacon I just bought. What am I going to do with it? Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. Okay, fine. I will sacrifice. Bring me your bacon. I'll take care of this whole thing. It's not so bad here. You'll be all right. Sean on occasion can really surprise you. I totally should ask her out. I haven't seen you here in a while. Yeah, it would be kind of hard to miss me. It would. My friend said she saw you at O'Brien's pub. Yeah, who's your friend? She's not a member. Members of our church don't drink. She saw you at a bar. Why else would you be there? Tuesday night is karaoke night. Sweet Caroline. Ba, ba, ba. Good, good times, times never seem so, so good. good. So good. So good. So good. So good. So, good. So, good. so, where did you serve your mission? Kentucky. I hear they have pretty good chicken. <laughs> Better than that, anyway. Yeah, about that. I kinda dropped it. <clears throat> Wait, what? Okay, I tripped over one of Sister Johnson's 15 cats. Yeah, that rock you found? It was probably kitty litter. Oh my gosh, that is so disgusting. I can't believe you let us eat that. I'm going to throw up all over you right now. I'd take that over going back to Sister Johnson's house. I knew her growing up. She would ask me to pet sit all the time. Before the cats were... No, they've always been dead. It wouldn't surprise me if one of these days she accidentally cooks one of those cats instead of a chicken. You're terrible. You know, it's nice to know I'm not the only normal person here. Hold on. Normal? You know, everyone here is just kind of strange. Wait, and you get to be the normal one. Well, yeah. Comparatively speaking, I would say so. Where did you find your definition? Webster or Oxford? Or did you Google it? That's not what I meant. Did you ever consider that you might be the strange one? Well, I... I have friends here. If you give these guys a chance, maybe you could too. Or maybe they're just too strange for you. Oh, come on, that's not fair. Sean's my friend. Uh-huh, sure he is. I see the way you look at him. You can't stand to be around him. What? That's just not true. I'll see you around, Matt. I feel... kinda stupid. I'll try again, though. I should... try... try again, right? So, did you ask her out? Nah, man. What? Why the hell, Knut? She wants to be friends first. The whole thing was kind of... strange. Bye! See you guys later!
Matt, where are you going? Hey, it's Amber, right? Yeah. What do you have going on this Friday? So there I was, just taking a leak, minding my own business, and that crazy president of relief or something barges in! Whoa, 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 what the hell? What did they do to that chicken? What is going on? This isn't Target. Oh, give me that. <laughs> You're all hiding something. I'll just use the women's room. There are some situations that I won't even get involved in. What? That's all of them? Where's the video from Sister Johnson's? I told you, I didn't get any of that footage. Ugh, you've got to be kidding me! All of this recording, and you can't get one stupid shot? Ugh, look, I know you and Sean did something to that stupid turkey. I'm not going to let the two of you ruin this ward. Chicken. What? You called the bird a turkey? It was a chicken. Out of my way. Ugh! Maybe I didn't have the footage because I swapped out memory cards. Hey everybody, you just listened to the singles, um, the episode, the pilot by Mark Mate, and I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, Emma Mate. Wow, listen to those names. I know, you guys are siblings, right? Yeah. I'm just kidding, they're not siblings. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really weird. <laughs> that would be so weird. Unmarried to Although each other. we've been told that we look like siblings, so. we really do actually look like we could be siblings. Which is a little. I uh, I married this cutie. Yep. I know. Aren't you lucky? And I have it's the... me who's lucky. <laughs> I have the pleasure of having Mark Mate right next to me. The first time. Woo, woo. Because of COVID and everything and distance, the first time we've actually been able to have the artist in person with one of us. With one of us, I know. I'm so far away. Well, it's an honor. Welcome. Happy to be here. Welcome to We Liked You First. Well, you guys are two of my favorite people, so. Yay. It wasn't hard to wrangle me in here. (laughs) Mark, we're just so... I mean, I, I just have to say, I'm so excited and so honored that we got to have you on here. Um, I'm just going to be like really unashamedly, unabashedly, you know, praising you just because, you know, and I'm going to admit my bias. Mark is like, you know, you are my best friend in the whole world. 
So, you know, this is just going to be like a friend fest, this, you know, for however, however long this interview lasts. Put your seatbelts on, everyone. I know, friend we'll fest. We're here and talk all day. <laughs> we're not even going to talk about the script. We're just going to talk about life. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can just tune us out and turn turn your volume back on in like two hours if you know about the script. Exactly. You know, which isn't a lie. We really can just talk for hours so oh, we've done it we have done it we have <laughs> on like a variety of, of topics to you know completely unrelated to anything important sometimes well, well some other times related also, to stuff very important very i know right what we're talking about very true i know like the most deeply like you know people are on the verge of hearing some of the most deeply personal things I've ever shared because Mark and Emma are both here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's how comfortable I am in this situation. Um, but let's talk. We can edit those things out later if we need. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But let's um, let's just kind of you know avoid <laughs> avoid make let's avoid me making anybody uncomfortable. <laughs> and just, i'm uncomfortable too late. oh dang it <laughs> you know, I, I i'd really it. like to start this podcast out a little or this episode out a little differently okay. because just the nature of um the singles in general um is kind of why uh patrick it's, it's how we know each other it's um how we met it's how we met so yeah, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I did this all on my own. Yes, the singles was me and Sean, um, one of our other co-writers' ideas. Um, you know, we it was kind of our our brainchild, but we brought Patrick was the first person we brought on to to help us with it. Um, and Emma started; she was there, so all of a sudden she started helping with it too, as <laughs> well default. as as uh, Madeline uh, Bird, who has actually been on a couple episodes before, hasn't she, Patrick? Yeah, she's been on several so, episodes. Um, if, if you're a regular listener, you you know everybody here. So um, we've all had a hand in this. Uh, and also, you know, you know, we even we even have to give special credit to you know Austin Jordan and Tanner yes. Rolf, yes. who, who you, you know you just heard, who originated yeah. the roles of of Matt and Sean. You know, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and they got to come back and reprise the roles again. So like, this is kind of like a big family. They project are the only ones who have read those parts yep. and i think it's just they've fair. even acted in those parts in, in uh you know in the in the promo that we did for it mm -hmm. um once upon a time so yeah a long time ago yeah there's a there's a there's a big story behind this show so let's uh i guess let's get into that i mean yeah. where, do, where do you want to start patrick well you know um let's just you know i have man where do you start with something like this you know for me like it's such a personal such a personal project but why don't we just start with you know talking about you mark let's uh let's kind of get yeah. to know you and let's let's talk about your experience writing and and then we can maybe hop into the singles from there just because i think you know to know a little bit about the singles we need to know a little bit more about mark Maté and what he likes to write and why he likes to write the subjects he writes sure so, man so Mark, like how long have you, have you been writing? Like what kind of, you know, yeah, we'll start with that. How long have you been writing? Dude, I've been writing since like first grade. Um, so I don't think we've actually ever talked about this, but in first grade, um, there was one day during indoor recess, it rained. Those were the worst recesses, right? <laughs> um, but me and a couple friends, um, this kid, Travis, and 
I think my friend Connor, we got out some coloring books and we started drawing this giant dinosaur who would walk around the city with a jukebox uh, playing Joan Jett's I Love Rock and Roll. Um, <laughs> and he would, it was pretty much like a mix between like the video game Rampage and like Godzilla. And he would just go around destroying the cities and it was awesome. But that, <laughs> that awesome. initial like drawing turned into like comic strips and those comic strips turned into like these like stories that I wrote growing up about this dinosaur named Goonie. And uh, he later turned into more of like a dragon. But I, I literally wrote these books for uh, probably like five or six years. Um, now, oh I we have these notebooks, mm -hmm. just notebooks full of, of these drawings and of comic strips and of this uh, creature, yeah. Goonie. And in the story, jukebox. <laughs> yeah, well, his jukebox lasted. It, it was that was very elementary. What came after was I just much like more sophisticated and. Um, I, I mean, the main character of the series wasn't actually Goonie. It became Mark Matte um, as an elementary schooler was the main character of the, the series. So, you know, very, very deep stuff, very original um, that I was writing. And all my best friends at the time were also characters in the books. So, um, yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun writing these stories. Like, I a lot of good memories uh writing this growing up and i you know i started writing other things um i think i had a, a character named uh, i think ninja boy or i can't remember his name it's gonna bother me some kind of karate <laughs> kid um basically some kind of knockoff uh, <laughs> karate kid ninja boy no i can't i can't remember i think it was ninja boy but just these stories i wrote and then I, as a kid I, I told myself and i told other people like i'm gonna be a writer i want to be a writer um I want to write books. Uh, but as I got older, that love for writing um, kind of transitioned into film. Um, I, I grew a love for movies and cinema. Uh, so kind of the backstory before that, I kind of gave up the writing dream. Um, like you can edit this so it, it sounds like I went right into this. But um, after I wrote, I, I took a break from writing for a while. Um, and when I actually started college, I was actually pre-med. Uh, yeah, I, I married a doctor to be a future doctor. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, I was and very I, happy about that. And I still wrote on the side, but, um, and I was actually still writing these stories about Goonie, but it was much more evolved and like legitimately this time. Uh, and was an, an actual story that I wanted to write and it was very much different. It wasn't called Goonie anymore. Um, but that was just kind of a back burner project. It was like, oh, one day, like, wouldn't this be cool? But I, I was very serious into the pre-med thing um, until I got very unhappy um, with, with school pretty early on when me and Emma were married. Actually, I think right before or during while we moved to Idaho, um, just shortly before we met you, Patrick and Emma asked me she's like what what do you want to do if you could do anything um what would you be and what I tell you he said I would write and create movies write and create movies so um I I grew a, a big passion for for cinema and films um I love watching movies and I, I took a screenwriting class and that really kind of transitioned me um into wanting to write for film and wanting to write for the screen. 
Um, so I dropped the pre-med act um, and I switched my major to English. And next thing you know, I was, I was writing again. Um, so I, I will say like there, there was this shift in Mark from um, kind of at that day, like he didn't question changing his major. It wasn't like this, well, but I'm already so far into pre-med. It was always like, yeah, no, I, I want to I wanna be a doctor. Well, maybe, maybe I'll be a nurse. Maybe I'll be uh, an anesthesiologist. Maybe I'll be, you know, but then as soon as it was like, let's totally change lanes. Here. Let, 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 let's get on a totally different road. Like, oh, yeah, I, I changed my major like so many so times. many times i i was perpetually i had three semesters left that's what i always told people oh i've got like three semesters left yeah, and that lasted three for years oh my goodness for years i gra- <laughs> I ended up graduating college with um close to 240 credits it was insane. i think i think it was like 195 was what i mean almost basically two uh college careers worth of, of credits um but it was ridiculous um but, but yeah as, as soon as you made that switch it was like that's what I'm doing. Mark was so much happier. He was, uh, there was a passion for his schoolwork I hadn't seen before. I started going to a screenwriting class with him. It was an evening class. We didn't have kids yet. I started going because he was talking about it so much and he would come home and share the whole class with me. So I was like, well, this sounds cool. I'm, I'll, I'll come with you. And we started collaborating and um, the creativity started flowing and Honestly, I, I had never seen Mark happier. Yeah. The very first screenplay I actually wrote, um, me and Emma wrote together. Yeah. So um, it's called The Jesuits. Um, I've actually read that script. It's so uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Definitely need some work. That's the thing. It's all my scripts need work. They're all like a work in progress. But um, anyway, so that class, I, I took that, that screenwriting class with Sister Gilbert at BYUI. And that kind of just changed my outlook in my entire career. Before that, it's like, I want to be a writer and... Um, that it changed into I want to write for movies. And then I, I grew, as I started writing more and more screenplays, I grew this even greater passion for film than I already had. And all of a sudden I became interested in not just writing it, but filming it as well. And I had a little bit of experience uh, where I had been, I had a little bit of experience in high school where we, we shot a movie and it was just a ton of fun. Like some of my best memories of my life were shooting this World War II video that we uh, made for Miss Peary's class. And, and so, incredibly and, just not politically correct. Oh, yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was bad. It was a World War II movie and it was in 10th grade, uh, junior, or maybe it was in, is 10th grade, is that sophomore year? Yeah, that's sophomore year. Okay, yeah, sophomore year of high school. And, uh, they ended up showing this film to all the history classes in my grade. <laughs> Today, if this film were made, I would have been suspended at the very, oh, at least. The very least. Maybe expelled. Probably not expelled, but at least suspended. <laughs> um, but at the time, I got 100% on it. And everyone in the school and saw everyone it. Everyone in the school, like everyone in my grade saw it. But still, like that's, that's 500, 600 people. And wow. like, I, I felt popular for a week in high school. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and I just had a lot of fun doing it. Um, I had so much fun making this film, and as I was taking this uh, the screenwriting class, I, I was remembering that and how much fun I had doing that. 
And it was something that I already had a friend who was doing it, uh, a friend who actually made that high school film with me. And yeah, he um, was already into film. So I asked him some questions and he kind of got me going and I realized, okay, like I can do this. Uh, So I got a camera and next thing you know, I was filming stuff way too much and writing and um, just kind of really became my passion in the direction that I wanted to go um, with my career. So, and I've been doing it uh, ever since 2016 at the least. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how lucky, and I was just thinking of that whole experience, how lucky were you that Emma just knew that there was something you needed, No, you know, and there was something that, you know, and she let you tell her what it was and and then, and then supported you and still supports you through that today. And, you know, to be honest, like, I feel like I reap the rewards of that just because I don't know if I would have ever met you if she didn't ask you that question. And yeah. I, just, I think of how lucky I am to get to know you because, you know, how lucky I am to, to know you as a result of that question, which is so cool. Yeah. Hmm. Um, no, yeah it's, it's thanks to her. She, she complains that she's supposed to, she doesn't really complain, but she says I was supposed <laughs> to marry a doctor, but really it's her fault that. I know. Um, although you I probably gave him, You gave him an out, Emma. <laughs> I know, I know. But at some point you look at someone and you go, you're just not happy. And yeah. sure, maybe there's less stability in the direction we've gone, like job stability, but hey, we've made it work. We've made it work. And and there's more passion and there's more love of, of you know, the job. And that's uh, way more worth it. You know, we've got to live through this life, not just, you know, we're not here to just make money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, that's what I, that's what I did in school. Um, I ended up getting a major, I majored in English and then that passion for video production pushed me into getting a minor uh, in communications with an emphasis on video production. Which uh, added on three more semesters. Yep, exactly. So that, that brings me to <laughs> maybe something credits or whatever it was. And uh, yeah, so and then shortly after I got a job, not necessarily doing what I loved, but I was writing and I was making, uh, making videos. Um, and yeah, and that's what I'm still doing. And just, we've recently started our own video production company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like very recent. So we're going to see where that takes us. And we're hoping that kind of takes us a couple more steps towards the mountain, um, that we're going to, which I think in an ideal world, um, and the dream job is you know to be making uh, at least indie films if not working on like hollywood films at some point Ooh-wee. so i gotta say though i like i like indie sometimes i like indie films better than i like hollywood yeah, I mean, films. indie films can be great oh, yeah. um you know i would I, I would love to direct and produce um either or a uh an indie film um but yeah, I mean, so that, that's what I did for the last uh, year and a half of my job was I was a production manager. So, you know, managing a team of people, um, you know, from, you know, the scripting, um, everything in pre-production to everything in post-production um, for fairly large productions um, yeah. for this uh, health and wellness company uh, to, you know, get these pretty big projects done that we were working on. So, um, you know, wasn't, you know, the dream job but you know it kind of gave me those steps in the direction that I wanted to go and well, I've I, learned a ton uh, yeah I think that. it gave us a ton of experience 
in managing larger scale productions. Uh, Definitely not like full length feature type things, but just larger productions and and, um, all that goes into that. So yeah, no, it's, it's been a learning process. It's been a fun learning process actually. That's really cool. Um, I, I'm just trying to think of questions to ask this because I feel like I, I, I mean, I, I, I've known a lot of your, of your journey. I, I kind of want to, you know, I don't usually do this to my co-host, but I kind of want to get your perspective Emma, on, you know, on, I guess on maybe what, what, how did, how did you feel participating? And I know you're just such an equal partner in this as well. Like, I feel yeah. like I can't ask Mark so much about himself without knowing how much you're involved I feel like so much of your success before she even starts that she has been the best support and just the best not just a cheerleader like yes she's been a cheerleader but she's also been a player as well like just been she's been there she's been there through it all and um, I'm grateful for her and just everything she does for our family Um, because during all this we've had two kids and um, worked on a lot of projects together and she's just she's a fantastic person as your listeners have probably gathered hmm. um, but I I married up for sure I got lucky so <laughs> oh keep going please no, that's it. <laughs> Scene. That's goodness it. you guys um yeah so like you know like we covered i i kind of redirected mark a little bit and and i think he was always gonna end up there i think he just needed someone to open the door and say it's okay i see that you're unhappy i think he would have i think you would have eventually been like this is not the direction i'm going but it might have been too late or anyways um i i think i just kind of gave you a nudge in the right direction and then from there, like I said, he would share so much with me. And so I started going to the screenwriting class and I started learning a lot. And I, uh, you know, we wrote a full length feature together and um, that was actually a pretty pivotal moment where we had to learn that we were equal partners mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. We had a whole discussion one evening about like, if we come to a scene and we can't agree on which direction it goes, who gets the final say? And Mark was like, well, I do. I was like, <laughs> well, I'm not, that's not a partnership to me. Like that's not, and um, it, it took a couple of hours, but ultimately we came to this decision of like, then we just keep reworking it until we both agree. And I want to stand up for myself just a little bit there. Oh, because it was your class. It was my class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But- <laughs> it, was my, it was for my grade. Um, yeah, but and- you know, I was, you know, I wasn't thinking about the grade. I was thinking about like everything and moving forward and like, yeah, what yeah, is this going to look course. like working together? And um, ultimately, we've been able to realize like, hey, your scene is far better than mine. Hey, mm-hmm. your direction is like, you know, and, and we've been able to recognize that neither of us um oh i'm just gonna say emma's a far better writer than i am (laughs) but you you know directions better like you know uh, the story flow better like no this needs to happen next whereas i get a little lost in the minutiae but but like i don't know emma emma writes beautifully thank Um, you 
I, Emma, Emma is one of the most talented people that I know. She's probably actually legitimately, and I'm not just saying this because I'm her husband. She is legitimately the most talented person that I know. She can write. She can sing. She's a phenomenal singer. Here, we'll pause. You can, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I just bust out into no, song. She, she's a, a, an artist. I didn't know she was an artist when I married her, but like, she's like incredible at painting. Well, um, just with Bob Ross. She's, uh, she can play the piano like oh and then she can write music like she writes like incredible songs like she'll write songs that get stuck in my head and I tell her this so I I often change the words to like popular you know music like hit music <laughs> and the songs are good enough that they get stuck in my head and then I start changing the words to them um like and someone anyone who knows me knows that it's an annoying habit of mine that uh Yes, because when he's singing Beauty and the Beast and he sings Beauty, Beauty Cut, Cut the, the Cheese, cheese yeah. it kind of ruins <laughs> a piece of your childhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've heard this rendition of this song. <laughs> <laughs> so if I like a song, that's what I do to it. And I do that to Emma's songs. Um, and so I'm bit, like, like she does that. She's also, you know, a great mother, a great... Um, she can decorate a house like really, really good. Like, <laughs> He's looking I, at her. Tree. I mean, she's she's it's falling over. She's really just good at a lot. Um, oh, and she's like, she's a good salesperson too. Wow. Like she can like convince people to do stuff. Like I like to say I'm influential, and okay, I and but, I give off I I I give off a vibe, and I I I like to get what I want, and that's. You know, well, everybody likes every- to get what they want, but you're just good at doing. It. I have a passion for getting what I want, and I and I and I don't <laughs> use it. It's like a superpower. I'm really talking myself up right now, but you you know, with great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. and you got to use it wisely. She's legit called it her superpower, other than just now. Before, I, wow, can we edit all of this out? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is all going to stay in. <laughs> I feel like people need to hear this. (laughs) (laughs) It's mostly just like when I call the phone company and I want to get our phone bill reduced, you know, like stuff like like that. Like we, she'll get like (laughs) dollars off. Like we do HelloFresh. We'll plug them in here. Um, They actually have great customer service, but we will like they'll forget like a piece of bread, and and they'll be like, "Hey, like you got that was a quarter of our meal. Like we need some bread." They're like, "Oh." we're going to give you five more free meals because we forgot this piece of bread. And I'm just like, if I did that, like, and like, I I've tried this, like they would give me nothing. They'd be like, Oh, sorry. Like we'll do better next time. We'll do better next time. Oh, here's like 25 cents. They, you they know? make you apologize to them. Mark. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're paying them more. But like, if we need to like call someone and get something done, like I feel bad. But like I always ask Emma to do it because I know she's going to do a better job and she's actually going to get whatever it is we need. Like that's awesome. <laughs> okay, let's move one on. Of, Goodness gracious! I know we've heard so many good this oh so many gosh, good I'm backstory so... here, but like this is all relevant to like I think you know how you know I think this is all totally relevant. How this all came um, about. How this all well, came about. <laughs> I to get back on track a little bit here. Oh, for I. Sure. Um, yeah, Mark and I found this this good ebb and flow of working together. And um, I started exercising the creative parts of my brain of, of 
you know, story development and, and I was learning things and, um, yeah, like Mark said, uh, our friend, Sean, Mark and Sean got together and they were discussing this idea of a mockumentary, mockumentary styled sitcom about, a. A singles ward. Singles ward of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So to explain what a singles ward is, um, so we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, as Emma just said, um, and our congregations are broken up into wards. Um, and normally these are like, you know, for like families, like people of all ages. But in our, in our church, we have this thing called a singles ward. And it's for for people who are 18 to 30 and it's just the most awkward place in the world. Um, oh because not it's married, not married. It's people who, uh, the religious, like maybe they're a little bit sheltered, a lot of them. Um, and then you also have this whole like sexual tension thing that exists within. It's very strong. It's very strong. Cause you have a bunch of kids who, aren't supposed to have sex with each other. They're saving themselves and, from marriage. Exactly. Um, so it, it just becomes this very awkward place. Um, and it, it's a charming and wonderful place. Like I, the idea for this show came from the singles ward that I was a part of uh, here in Missouri. And one of the best times of my life was with those people there. Um, but it's just, it's an awkward place. Well, and there, there's so many different type of pe- types of people. Because I've been to a couple. Mm-hmm. I've, I've lived in different states. I've traveled and gone to different different singles wards. And this one in particular was just kind of your island of misfit toys. <laughs> um, but it, it, it... I hate saying it like that because like everyone there, like I, I love oh, everybody absolutely. that was there. Like, absolutely. Like just, but just, they weren't the people that I would typically hang out with. Well, but also it was such an interesting combination of people mm-hmm. too. But everyone came together and, and you had people from totally different walks of life um, coming together and, and And being friends and being friends. And that was honestly the, the beautiful um, yet comedic thing about it is um, you know, you'd have this person who, you know, grew up and they weren't allowed to say suck in their home or they weren't allowed to drink caffeine, but then you had, you know, uh, other people who were kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum and had like gone rogue and, um, you know, had a bunch of tattoos and, um, you know, were like, like just, were alcoholics at one point. I, I don't know. Just like, not that it's a good, but like cut edit that part out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like people who, who had had a totally different life and they were just kind of lived on the edge and, you know, broke the rules and they weren't your, you know, your quote unquote typical, uh, Mormon and you had these people come together and they would get along and they'd hang out and they'd laugh together and it was just a really cool thing so I me and Sean saw this and I'm like this could just be a really interesting thing to make a tv show out of um, like a, a, a tv show like that's styled like the office um, yes can I explain really quickly a mockumentary is not a documentary that mocks people yeah it is a documentary. Making fun of a documentary. That yeah, it's 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 a false <laughs> documentary essentially, mm-hmm. like right. The Office or um, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. What we do you. in the shadows. Yeah, um, 
it's so important to make that distinction because when you say the word mockumentary, everyone is immediately assumes who are you, wh- whom are you mocking? And yeah. Yeah. we're not mocking anybody. We're it's a exactly. it's not even a I real think, documentary. And I think it's the, the idea of we're mocking actually, the idea of a documentary. The singles received some hate because people were like, "Wow, that's so rude of you guys to yeah. mock a church like that, a whole religion." Yeah, we like, no. we got covered in uh, what. What magazine? KSL, wasn't it? East Idaho News wrote it. Was, it was it, East and Idaho KSL News, but then K, it, it wasn't. K, it was it KSL. It was KSL. And then KSL and Salt Lake picked it up. And yeah, we got these comments on like this uh, this news article, and it's like, no, we're not. We're not making fun of the church. We love the church, but like at the same time, I, I will go out on a limb and say like we do make fun of parts, not not of the church, but we do make fun of parts of like people. a singles ward. Like we make fun of people. And we make fun of different types of people and and, and people's relationships with each other yeah, and because there's there's tension and, and what comedy is is it's exaggerating that tension and it's exaggerating these circumstances that exist in real life and, exactly um yeah. and it's just like yeah i i just wanted to comment like just the the joke of you know people becoming upset you know about the idea of that they thought we were making fun, you know, that or that you guys were making fun of them. It's like, you know, we didn't, nobody was up in arms when the office was making fun of a paper company. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and nobody yeah. lost their minds when we went to Pawnee, Indiana, we were making fun of small town government and yeah. heaven, right. heaven forbid we make fun of vampires. And this is not the idea. It's just, you know, there are funny things that happen within the subcultures um exactly you know in life and just in society there are funny things that happen in in, you know in in these things that we can go oh (laughs) that's funny and And i relate to that you know and exactly because it's really just looking at the relationships between people and the setting just so happens to be in a church yeah yeah i mean we look at the the episode that we just we just read like we're not making fun of a religion or no but beliefs. well i was gonna say we're not making fun i guess we are making fun of old people a little bit um with sister johnson um <laughs> uh, but it's not making fun it's it's finding uh things that are funny about you know old people you know because as we get older like we kind of start losing our memory and we kind of start losing it a little bit and we exaggerate on that a ton like do i actually think that old people are like that no well maybe a few but for the most part, you know, people don't have 40 stuffed cats living in their apartment. That, that's not a reality. And, you know, we, we, so we, we take this idea of Sister Johnson, which is based on reality. Um, you know, this Sister Johnson was based on a person from my mission. And we just, we exaggerated on that. Um, and then we take the idea of break the fast. Like, okay, like fasting is when you're abstaining from a meal and then it's or a, a couple meals or a couple yeah. meals for, for 24 hours and then the break the fast is when a group of people is getting together to eat for the first time um in that 24 hours so it's like a it's a big deal so the fact that um they drop the turkey uh, or is it's it the chicken. chicken it's a chicken yeah they, they drop <laughs> the chicken which is a whole joke within itself because <laughs> it's um you know, it, it's just this comedic thing. Everyone's starving. everyone's starving. Everyone's waiting on it. And so the interesting thing about this show, um, and we, I, I knew this going into it, it had a very select audience. Um, yeah. And 
my idea was like, is like, how can we, you know, give this to a larger audience? And that, that was one thing we struggled with. And that was actually one reason we struggled in actually getting it made is it was hard to be like, how are we gonna release a TV show like this to a larger audience? Um, we actually talked to multiple studios um, and, and some people who were actually seriously considering it, but it was, it was hard to find, to, to reach this whole audience because um, right now you have a lot of like uh, LDS um, genre movies. They're all over the place. But what, what's harder is giving an LDS specific genre TV show, something that needs to be longer lasting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we and which we wanted to do because the movies are all very outdated, mm-hmm. very just kind of, you know, knee slapping, punchy humor. And we wanted to, you know, give a more modern Yeah, take on on things our, that can be really quite enjoyable. I mean, our show it, it definitely doesn't stick to reality. Um I, I think our original idea was, you know, kind of like the office. Um, parks and rec but it really kind of turned into something more like community yeah um where um in community it actually starts off very grounded in reality mm-hmm. and then you know three episodes in like they just said okay screw reality we're playing paintball inside of a a community, a community college, college. <laughs> um and that, that's kind of where we went with the singles is it, it kind of like, we're like okay we're gonna ground this in reality but like halfway through the first episode we're like nah let's just you know let's kind of go off the wall ridiculous with this and um and it wasn't like so ridiculous but um it was it like heightened kinda, reality a little it bit. kind of a fit a nice niche that I, honestly like i really enjoy the episodes that we wrote how many episodes did we end up writing it was like eight i think or nine. we wrote like i think we had like six written okay and we had like three other ones like planned to be written mm-hmm. And and yeah, the whole first season storyboarded all the, the yeah. character arcs. I mean, we we had character arcs planned for like three seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, honestly, if if there is an avenue to open this up in the future, I want to do it one hundred percent. Because I think we created a a good story. Like, earnest to goodness, a lot of the stories that I write are crap. Just it's just the truth um but like to this day like i think the singles is one of the best if not the best thing that i worked on um and i wish i wish that they could have heard the full episode because the the full episode um kind of just has this really cool story um it's always been a little bit of a bummer to me that it has such a niche audience because if we could reach outside of that niche there is so much to be enjoyed um, yeah. from the show. And yeah. if um, I could just maybe just for a minute, just talk about that niche. Um, and I, I, I might've even brought this up before. Um, you know, I, cause it, man, I just, it, I feel like the story of the singles is so applicable to not just members of, you know, the people who are members of the church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, but they're also, but it's also applicable to plenty of other people. You know, oh, yeah. there's plenty of things that, that happen yep. in it um, that are, are that are applicable to other people. You know, you know, and, and you know, it's not like you're watching a TV show about people just to, you know a comedy about people discussing faith or anything. Like, these are just yep. people like living life. You know, young people mm-hmm. who are just trying to discover themselves and 
you know, that happen to be members of the church. And um, one thing that I, you know, that I, I've, I really admire, and this is something that uh, another comedian told me. And he said, you know, people who are, who are Jewish, you know, we all know about, you know, that, that, that kind of comedy, you know, yeah. we, like the Woody Allen kind of comedy mm-hmm. or the, he yeah. pointed out that there are just as many people who are, who are Jewish that are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which I am baffled to know that is an actual statistic. You can look it up and then, you know, the number of people who practice the Jewish religion and the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints hmm. are the numbers are exactly the same. And, and people, you know, you know, say, oh, but that's just for those people. But we all enjoy the same kind of comedy when we looked at, when we look at it. Yeah. And, you know, and I wish we could take down some of those walls sometimes and just be like, you know, this is just a story. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a story for put in, you know, mm-hmm. adjective here or put in nouns here. We could just look at it. Well, this is just a fun story of people that happen to be in this environment. that was one thing that we did is we didn't the show is not religious um what we wrote is it's no way religious it just it's very it's if anything it's cultural um to what being a a single uh lds person is um yeah because you're not (laughs) you're not uh drinking mm -hmm. there's no alcohol so there's no drinking on weekends (laughs) And well, there, there, there was an episode about them accidentally getting drunk. Oh, yes. Yes, we, we accidentally <laughs> were drunk. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like, you know, what, what are they doing with themselves then, uh, you know, on, on weekends or for fun because they're not sleeping around and they're not drinking. So are they just crocheting all night? No, they end up running around the halls with mm-hmm. toilet paper wrapped around themselves and, and then they find <laughs> living in the ceiling. Like, it's very, like, wait, what? Wait, well, what? It was actually, I think that was what made, it really took, you had to exercise some story and creative muscles because we had, there was just limitations. You know, you take the typical things that, um, you have in a TV sitcom or, or shows. I mean, you got a lot about drinking. You got a lot about, um, mm-hmm. you know, who's sleeping with who. Who's sleeping with who. And we had to like kind of throw all those jokes aside, you know? And like, you know, you got a lot of material to work with there. And, you know, we just, we, we limited ourselves to, you know, what we had. And um, I think that was sometimes really hard to do. Um, but I think it ultimately made the show authentic and. Yeah uh it it made it feel really real and that was the one thing i i liked about the show and that others liked about it is that it felt real um it it felt like this could be a real tv show uh we did multiple table readings we had a lot of people read these scripts and yeah i could say that 95 uh to like 99 percent of the feedback was always really really good and the thing is we do the, the table reads got larger mm-hmm. and larger. They got larger. We got a lot of people, people coming out. People I think who would the, say, I want to follow this. I want... Like, I think the, some, only, yeah. the only people who... I think really the only like criticisms we got of it, like as a whole, like we got the little criticisms, like, oh, you guys can change this joke up a little bit. But the like the only like big picture criticisms were, oh, this feels a little blasphemous, um, which 
we were, it's we were like, oh, okay, it's not for you. Like it, the show wasn't plot. Like it, no. it had nothing to do about religion. It had nothing to do about, you know, God. Um, so it was, there, there were some people who felt the way that we were interpreting the way that uh, members of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints should act wasn't in line with um, what they were seeing in the show, but you know, that's, that was kind of the point. Yeah, that's exactly the point is that we're all different. <laughs> and, we make mistakes. and that was one thing that we showed in the show is we said um, we wanted to show that these people are human. These people do make mistakes and they're not perfect. So you're going to see them mess up. Um, and we're not just going to hide it. Like we're going to, we're going to show it. And um, so, and that, that part was interesting. And I think that's what, really what would have made a difference had it been produced um, with our, our show versus like the other uh, LDS niche comedy stuff that you see um, today and in the past. Yeah. So at the beginning <laughs> of this <laughs> whole adventure, um, Mark, I, oh gosh, our, I had given birth. Our baby was what, like six months old? eight months old she's probably like four, four or five months old anyways she yeah because i was pregnant when we were writing the jesuits mm -hmm. i was like very pregnant and then um gave birth and then i've got this baby and mark is like hey so sean and i are going to be working on this uh this thing like once a week or whatever, he's going to come over a couple of times and we're going to write together. And I was kind of like, okay, just leave me out of it. I don't need anything more. I've got a baby. <laughs> and then we started writing. And we, I could hear that. We started making uh, jokes and she'd come in and she'd be like, no, no, it, it shouldn't be that this well, way. Listen, like Audrey should do this. Listen, or Natalie, whatever her name is. Their, her name changes. Yeah. Um, I'm, we were in a tiny apartment. And so I'd be in the kitchen listening to them in the living room. And I would just go, oh, that needs to like, oh, that would be so funny if they did this or that. Like, what are they saying? That is falling flat. Like I, I was having all these ideas. And at this point we've, I've, I've taken this screenwriting class and my creative juices are flowing already. And I'm in the right headspace. And I just kept inserting myself <laughs> <laughs> into their conversations and then next thing i know hey emma this is patrick he's gonna be writing this with us and the next thing i know patrick's like hey this is madeline she's she would be a great addition to this and then you know we'd start scheduling our weekly meetings for after the baby's bedtime so i could be part of it and um, and let's face it, they weren't weekly meetings. These were like daily meetings. Two or three times a week. Well, what we did was we had a weekly meeting when we had to have our episode done. Mm -hmm. And then we would have every week we would split off into smaller groups where it'd be like episodes or write yeah. the scenes. So it'd be like me and Mark were writing the scene or the you know the episode or whatever and or me and Patrick and and then um, the first episode I just need to say was very much like the overall story was done by me and Sean, but the writing was done by by everyone. Yeah. Um in fact the scene that the scene that was read, I want to say that was written by me and Sean. 
Was it written by me and Sean Patrick? Do you know? I'm pretty. I'm. I'm pretty sure you guys wrote the um the whole scene with Sister Johnson. I think um, we. Did. It was probably very heavily edited after, but I think I was, I was just gonna say that. The, oh, go ahead. I think the initial writing of that scene actually was me and Sean. Are you yeah. sure? I thought I wrote it. I know you wrote the part towards the end, Emma, where they uh, where it was Beth and Matt. Was it not my idea for the chicken to go flying? Yeah, I think it was your idea, but I think they wrote that it. That sounds like a yeah. Sean. That sounds like a Sean idea. Well, I because <laughs> I remember I remember writing. Oh, I don't remember now. No, I'm pretty sure that scene was me and Sean. But, I, I feel very fairly, you know, okay, Sean's okay. going to listen to this episode and he's, he's like, I didn't remember. write that scene. <laughs> Sean will know. He, he will. Remembers Sean everything. will know. Um, I think I remember writing in someone picking cat litter out of their yeah, the, that was Natalie picking the yeah the pebbles. Did you guys get that far in the episode? We did. Okay. Did okay. you read from from Sister Johnson to the end? Yeah, we did. Okay. We got all the way to the very end of the of the scene. Um, I will take credit, however, for pretty much all of Bishop Goodman's lines. Oh, everything Bishop Goodman did. You Bishop Goodman the, was definitely the, my. Uh, was steve goodman well yeah based on <laughs> someone we know yeah, based on a very good personal friend very good personal friend um who has zero shame yeah and that makes him so wonderful because he uh, he'll say what he's thinking he doesn't mm-hmm. really care um but he's also very quirky and very goofy mm-hmm. and so and- you combine those attributes and you get this wonderful outrageous person yeah, which and- i think is actually really cool because you, you look at someone like that and you're like how could that person be a leader in a church congregation but the cool thing about our church mm-hmm. is that the everything is volunteer and you're asked and you're called to be something so someone as ridiculous and exuberant as bishop goodman in total reality could be called to be a bishop of reward yes um now granted like no one's really that extreme but the the reality is Steve Goodman, our good personal friend, who acts very similar to Bishop Goodman, could be called as a bishop. And that was kind of our scenario. That and, was he, like, and he has, I don't think he's been bishop, he, but he's he been has, in leadership but he would positions. Be, he would be a great bishop. But that was kind of our idea behind it. Is like, what if Steve was called as a bishop? And that's where Bishop Goodman came from. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Something super lovely about that whole thing is, is that, you know, anybody could fit into any of those those roles and fit into the shoes of any character um yeah of the singles and we you only get a brief snapshot of some of these characters like you get a little bit better picture of matt and sean and and maybe a little bit of natalie um and and beth especially in the scenes that we read um for the you know for this podcast um but like, you know, having, you know, an intimate knowledge of so many of these characters, you know, later on, and, and especially where we were planning on going with them, I definitely felt there were parts of them that I'm like, I, you know, knew intimately because like, I'm like, I, I'm just like that in that situation. Um, and I, you know, I know plenty of people, you know, in my life, I'm like, this person in this moment reminds me of, of this person. <laughs> um, you know, like, the, you know, like we talked about how we caught somebody living in the attic of the church. You know, I, I've met someone that I would bet money at one point probably had 
Well, do you, do you remember where that <laughs> hid in a secret place like that? <laughs> remember where that that idea came from? Oh yeah, you did that. <laughs> I did. Um, when I was in high school. We um, set up an Xbox in the attic of the church, and people were <laughs> skipping seminary. Seminary was like an early morning scripture study class, um, and people were skipping it and going and play uh, Xbox up in the attic. Um, and there was one kid in particular who, the one who had the key, uh, kind of like made it his own little nest. And, uh, it was, it was pretty hilarious. So funny. But, uh, that's a later episode, but yeah, th- there is one episode where, uh, Carl is living in the attic of the church. Oh, it's Ian. But Carl Ian. hangs out oh, with you're him. Right, it is Ian. Sorry. <laughs> Carl and Ian, like they're. Carl's a camera guy. Yeah. So yeah, it's <laughs> Ian who's living in the attic of the church and. That episode is hilarious. Um, it's Ian that one Cave. Was written by Patrick. <laughs> um, so, um, that's that's the the birthing of the sequence. Yeah, and then um, you know, like I said before, so it was me and Sean, and I don't remember what it was, but we were having a hard time writing it. I don't know if it's because I was in school and I didn't have the time, or we just felt like we needed more ideas. Uh, me and Sean, I love Sean to death, but we butt heads a lot, especially when it comes to like creative ideas. So we just really felt like we needed a third person in there um, to give us a hand. And at the time, Patrick, I only knew you like through uh, Humor Code at BYUI, which was a sketch comedy group. And Patrick was at the time the head writer and uh, didn't know him that well, but like I had heard a couple of your sketches and I was like, yeah, Patrick seems cool. Let's invite him. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. Like, then we started writing together, became uh, super good friends, and, like, then Emma joined, and then we were like, oh, we need another woman. And <laughs> I remember that conversation. <laughs> well, actually, okay, it wasn't, Emma actually wasn't supposed to be the first girl, so she ended up being the first girl, but we were looking for a girl, because we, we wanted a female voice and and just someone to give their opinion and patrick's like oh there's madeline um in, in humor code like she can i'll ask her and you asked her and in the meantime like emma had already started working with us um yeah. kind of inserted herself and yeah then the next thing you know we have madeline and um much later i feel bad and sorry seth for leaving you out but seth came on uh later down the road well, I think it took a while to realize what we had mm-hmm. and just the interest other people had in it. And um, Seth was just, Seth's my brother. And he, yep. oh yeah, we, he, he was in the He was on the first episode of Very, very first. first episode. And um, I, I also didn't know his passion for writing at that time. Mm-hmm. I knew it was there, but I didn't, I just didn't realize to what extent. And yeah. He started making suggestions, and we were like, "Hey, do you want to try writing yeah, an episode?" Yeah, he, he, he wrote an episode, and he and nailed it. Then he, he started coming in on our meetings, yeah. and I do feel bad because he came in at the very end, and kind of actually as probably as things started winding down a little bit, because um, I think he like came in while things were still going really strong, and it was like right after that, like we really kind of I think kind of stopped a little bit. Um, so we so Seth, I apologize for not mentioning you sooner. Um, but yeah, we were we were talking about the, the birthing of it and um and yeah, I mean really that that started with the the five of us. Um so 
in that first episode especially yeah. and i man like i remember when you guys uh man when you approached me on this and you're like yeah we're writing a tv show you're like do you want to help and i i just you know it sounds so silly now it's like i i, I don't i don't even really like when you when i think back on how random the events were i just i i don't even i man it's like i i barely can conceive what has happened <laughs> like mm-hmm. that I mean, like that had happened and then what has come from it you know yeah, I, no, really, I mean it was how, honestly yeah. it was just a great experience and you know like it, it sounds kind of silly oh we wrote a tv show that never actually became a tv show but like I, there was that that was some of the best if not the best experience i had in college for writing um you know i showed that to uh you know my my screenwriting teacher uh, to sister gilbert and i she kind of helped us with it actually and then you know we pitched it at some legit uh film festivals um into some legit production companies where there was actual genuine interest in it and it was i don't know um it was really cool and i you know that was actually um what i credit for you know me landing my first job um so you know we talk about it being a tv show that wasn't a tv show but uh, it was, you know, it, it was very real. And they, like, although it was never filmed, like what we did feels just as much of a real TV show, you know, like any of these ones that we've mentioned, uh, yeah. it, it feels real um, because these stories were real. And, uh, you know, to the people who got to experience these characters and read these characters, uh, they were real, you know? And yeah. And I, I, this is just me, I guess, asking now, just, just because I need to hear it. We're not done with the single. <laughs> oh, no, we're not, we're not done. I think it still has a few. It, it, sure. it has a few. It, it just, it needs to find the right time. Um, yeah. And I, I talked to you about this, you know, just a couple months ago that I had been talking to some people about it. Um, and it, I, honestly, with something like this, it, I think it's just the timing of it. Um, yeah. You know, obviously, because it's going to be done, you know, in the future, there might need to be some changes to it um, to make it relevant. But um, yeah, I just, I I think it's just still not the time for it. Um, That's okay. It'll come out eventually. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll make it, we'll end up making it ourselves. If, remember, we were actually talking about making it ourselves. Oh my gosh. We were casting. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. We wanted to be good yeah we want it to be good um, it would uh yeah you know even like we did a promo and the promo was great <laughs> I don't think it was great i think it was like don't I think stomp on this great, man <laughs> i think everyone did a great job here's the problem with the promo we had a, a five-page script and we had an hour and a half to film it does that sound right? right it was something like crazy and that was me when I was a very new filmmaker and, you know, sitting there trying to film this thing and we were working on a, oh, how big was our crew? <laughs> oh, it was like five of us. Like not was, even that. Like, there was like four of us that uh, were actually like, you know, producing the thing. And, and- then, then we had like a, like a, we had a cast of like four people and then like, probably like 30 or 40 extras people um, who, who came because we said there would be pizza. there would be pizza 
Yeah. Uh, and, and they came. <laughs> the thing is we you can't we can't we couldn't film in the church. Yep. Because it's a church and yep. there's the, the church's policies that, against about filming. So we filmed in a funeral home. And <laughs> we had a date set to film and then someone passed away. And so we had to reschedule our film date because <laughs> the funeral home was being used. So um, there were just so many factors. You know what? If you want to see the promo, um, send me an email. Patrick, do you have an email for the your, your I, show? I do. It's just we liked you first at gmail.com. Send Patrick an email at we liked you first at gmail.com if you're interested in seeing the promo. If we get enough interest, no. then we'll, we'll let it out. My, I feel like certain aspects of the promo spoke very well to the singles but i didn't feel like the whole thing embodied yeah. uh the feel of of what we what we wanted wanted mm -hmm. right and i think a lot of that is just the fact that we were on such a time crunch yeah honestly though what we did in with what with the time that we were given i'm very happy with yeah um i think and then with the skill set that i had at the time um do you remember there was an organ and we just looked out at people were like, can anyone here play the organ? And some random guy was like, yeah. <laughs> hey, come play the organ. <laughs> There's so many good no. moments, just stuff like that. There were people um, there who was like, where did, how did you hear about this? Like, oh, I just saw it on Facebook that there was free pizza. One second, who was that who played the organ for the episode? It was Chase Bryan, uh, who was also a featured writer on this oh podcast. Gosh. <laughs> that's what I was going to say. It's just coming full circle. That was him. Yeah, it was Chase. I was going to say, I thought, oh my I don't God. really know Chase, but like, I, I know him a little bit. Um, I think we had a class together, but yeah. Now at this point, I was, how, how far along was I? Because I was pregnant with our second oh, child. You? Yeah. During the filming of the promo. And so then I gave birth and suddenly two kids because yeah do you remember we went to the um film festivals and i was like out to mm -hmm. here i was i was huge um and yeah suddenly you know we have two kids and i think that was a big reason why that kind of slowed down mm -hmm. too was we had two kids you started your first like salaried job yeah, right out of college down. and um it yeah. had a lot of steam though i mean when it got picked up by um what's the newspaper ksl when it got picked up by ksl I was it like, was trending it was trending yeah it was like the number one news story um that there's this uh lds mockumentary being made and it was it was overhyped just a little bit um yeah a little premature <laughs> yeah uh, for a show that did not have any funding um yeah. It would have been great if they could have like linked a GoFundMe to that. Like Yeah. That's what that's what should have had they had they done that. Had I even I don't know if they can do that on a on, on KSL. But we could have maybe we could have got the funding through that. I just remembered how thrilled you were that you were being trolled. Yeah. Was <laughs> I think Sean um was a little like more thrilled about being trolled than anybody. Oh, oh Sean went into the comments and he like, went in anonymously and was just <laughs> 
letting people have it. Yeah. It was funny. <laughs> I read it just, Sean, I read Sean the comments great. just so, to read Sean's comments. <laughs> we didn't even talk. Sean, the, the character Sean, played by Tanner, is based off of Sean the writer um, on the singles. And Matt is actually loosely based on Mark. Yes and loosely. no. Yes and no. I would say no. Um, he was at first, um, but that very much changed. It was more so in like he when so when we first meet Matt, he's coming home from his mission, and well, the joke at the beginning is the very is what first was, joke was based off of me. Was was his dad totaled his car on the way to the airport, which. Does that does that joke stick in? Does that does that make it into the final version? I thought so. It does. The he's got the creakety. He's got the creakety car. That's right. Yeah. So that was that was the original joke for Matt. So like, was Matt based off of me? No. Well, well, because when you were coming home from your mission, your dad was going to pick you up, and he totaled your yeah. car. Um, and then other things like, you know, when I met Mark, he was Elder's Corn president. And I saw this like super outgoing guy who was always at the front of the class and teaching lessons and organizing events. And like, if anyone needed anything, you go to Mark. And I was like, look at this like super outgoing guy. And like, I'm a super outgoing girl. And um, well, then once he was no longer elders quorum president, he kind of like stopped being so outgoing. And I was like, what happened to you? <laughs> He was like, oh, no, that was just because I had to. And we have, <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a moment when um, Matt's like, hey, I never thought I could be Elders Corn president. And Beth is like, yeah, whatever. Look at you. And that was exactly me. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Look at you. And he's like, no, I hate speaking in front of people. I hate showing up to activities. I hate being involved in general. And that was like. That was you. That wasn't. See, I didn't hate being involved in general. That no, but you prefer a small gathering. Yes, I do. Um. And so yes, there are similarities between the character Matt and myself. Yeah. Um, but I I would say that that character evolved far past that. Uh, um, yes, which is why I said loosely. So, but loosely based on um, loosely. Who's everyone's favorite character? I'm just Sean. Don't ask oh, me that question. I mean in general, like people. Oh, I was just saying, who are, who's our favorite character? I don't know that I've ever asked. I, I don't know who mine is. I'm a fan of Ian. Yeah. Um, just because Ian kind of became everyone's creative outlet. It was like, if you wanted something weird to happen, you used Ian. If you had like a joke that was just like kind of out of left field, Ian was going to deliver it. And so <laughs> I had a lot of fun just making Ian kind of He weird. was kind of crazy. I remember yeah. when I was working on an episode, and I, Emma, you, you mentioned the toilet paper wrapped up in toilet paper. I remember I was working on an episode and I did that to Ian because I'm like, somebody is going to end up wrapped up. They were trying to sneak out of the church without being caught. And Ian goes into a stall 
and they're all hiding and he opens the stall and he is covered from head to toe in like a ninja outfit made of toilet paper and i'm like <laughs> yeah you're what you're, you're right ian was the best character the, the dumb the most creative like i'm saying it's very community like the comedy yeah. Like, I could see, like, Abed and Troy doing something like that. Right. <laughs> I uh, think my, I to be honest, as much as it's easy to hate on her, Natalie might be my favorite character. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, Natalie's probably my second. My, um, it's hard, because there's three characters that I love. It's Natalie, Sean, and Bishop Goodman. Um, yeah. As well as Matt, like, but... I don't remember. Yeah, I, I just got to say, like, I think Bishop Natalie? Goodman takes the cake for me, though. Bishop Goodman. I am very is- flattered by that because I I do I I I feel like Bishop Goodman was my brainchild within your brainchild. <laughs> this <laughs> I, was, I was just gonna say like that's so true though like because we did create this great character of Bishop Goodman and 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 like he really was your <laughs> your your you know your frankenstein's monster <laughs> yeah. this it was awesome there's, Some of the stuff there's this uh this moment i don't remember what episode it's in but bishop goodman is like furious and he's <laughs> like everyone get in here right now <laughs> and everyone's like what and he's like right now <laughs> <laughs> he says meow and it's like one of my favorite moments he is so furious and yet he just can't be he can't be like 100 he, he can't take himself seriously well, that, that's the one thing that's the thing i love about the show that's the thing i loved about writing is like i feel like we all got to know these characters in a very authentic way like we all knew how they acted we all knew what they would say and what they would do. And I think that's what made it feel like a real show is that we worked on it for so long. We worked on this for like two years, like two, two and a half years, you know, developing, you know, who these characters were and writing different episodes. And it was, it was almost to the point where you, we would create the plot and then the characters, we would just be like, well, what would they do in this situation? And it would almost write itself. Speaking of Steve Goodman, he just texted me. Oh, that's funny. He can feel it in the force. Yep. He was incredibly flattered that we wrote him. Modeled the character. He's the only character, well, apart from sure, there's only two characters that are truly based off of real people. And it's Bishop Goodman and Sean. Yes. Um, Everyone else has things that are based off of real people, as all good characters are. Yeah. But those two are just like, yes, they they are based off of real people. And they're two people who could honestly be characters in a TV show um, in oh, real yeah. life. Yeah. And that's why, why they work for it. Now, something that I really liked about our show here is the fact that the film crew is so involved. Mm-hmm. Typically, in a documentary, you're supposed to almost forget that the film crew even exists. You, you don't even want to know they exist. And even in a mockumentary, even with the breaking of the fourth wall, you, they, they... Yeah, we took it to a whole nother level. Yeah, they're and, supposed to kind of disappear. I mean, the, the office kind of does it in season six with... You think towards uh, the end even more than yeah, the more it, past season six. Maybe it's even season seven. The season guy seven. holding the yeah, boom. Yeah, the guy with the boom. Um, so they kind of do it. But like we like really took it from the like, beginning. Like The film crew has a story. Um, 
in in why they're breaking the fourth wall. And there was actually a lot of debate within our writers whether or not we liked the film crew. Um, I love the film crew. I, I love the film crew too. Um, I'm not going to name names, but there are <laughs> there are those who are not present right now that did not love the idea of the film crew. Um, there's a scene at the beginning when the film crew picks up Matt from his mission. You know, that's supposed <laughs> to be this great, warm homecoming. This You walk off the plane and you're like, I'm back. Haven't seen my family in two years. And he has this film crew that he doesn't and know any of them. He, they're, they're like holding a sign. They're like, are you Matt? <laughs> We're here to get you. Your car's been totaled. Um, anyway, so then we cut to them driving back in, in the, the film van. And it's so uncomfortable. And there's this back and forth where uh, Car- Carl, he's off screen. He says, tell us about yourself. And, and then Matt starts talking about himself and, and, and they're going back and forth. And Matt's like, yeah, my, my, my parents are. In-. He's like, where are your parents? And they're like, he's like, in Fiji. I was like, okay, but but I need you to answer my question, like as the like, so because you're not supposed to hear my voice. But meanwhile, we're totally hearing Carl's voice, <laughs> and then um, it just becomes really awkward because Carl's having Matt repeat over and over and over how alone he is, how his parents are neglecting him, and how miserable <laughs> he is to be home. And he's like, well, I, need, I need you to say it again, but like, but like answer my question in your response. And so, uh, anyways, it just becomes super awkward. It, it kinda, it's very meta. It's kind of making fun of the filmmaking process. Yeah, so, um, exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of my love of filmmaking, but also my hate of it at the same time. <laughs> um, but I just had an idea for that opening scene as we're like sitting here looking at it. But <laughs> it lives. So, no, no. so it begins again. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, just, um, just kind of, I guess, moving on a little bit, um, I just wanted to ask you, Mark, Yep. and, you know, disregarding the film, I guess, you know, the the filmmaking process, no, no, uh, just listen, dang it, (laughs) uh, disregarding the filmmaking process, maybe disregarding the process of writing, but I don't this is just a question I really want to ask. What does the singles mean to you, I guess, as a person? What does the singles mean to me as a person? Wow. Or on a personal level. Um, you know, it, it kind of feels like I, I very much feel ownership of it. Almost like it's, it's not kind of weird, but kind of like a child. Um, like, I don't love it and care for it quite as much, but like, there's like, it, it, I feel like it's mine and I feel like it's something that that's beautiful and um, something that I worked with a bunch of my friends um, and truly talented people to create. And, you know, it makes it really special to me. Um, and like, if I were, for instance, if I were to lose all of this, like if, if for whatever reason, like, you know, it disappeared on my drives and on, um, on everything, like I would, I would be extremely, um, beyond upset. Um, because, uh, it's just, it's this, 
it's this thing. It, it almost feels like this living, breathing thing. Um, and, and good stories are. Um, and a lot of people can discount comedy as good stories. Um, and, but I don't think that's true. I think, you know, comedy um, ultimately heals the world because it's what makes us laugh. It's what mm-hmm. makes us have a good time. And, uh, you know, I never saw myself as a comedy writer. And actually, Patrick, that's one of the reasons it's coming back to me now. That's one of the reasons we pulled you in is because I didn't feel like I, I was a comedian. I didn't feel like I had those chops. Um, whereas Sean had done stand up and he also had some screenwriting experience, but we needed someone who, uh, you know, had your ability to write comedy. And that's actually one of the reasons we brought you in. It's all come back to me now. Um, but <laughs> it's it it became just a good story um filled with people with really unique personalities you know i don't i'm not going to come in here and say oh we have an amazing story because we have a decent story like we're not telling anything new um but what we have are some truly unique characters um we have some truly unique people um that we created and that's what makes it feel real. And ultimately it's these characters um, and their story arcs that uh, makes it feel special um, to me. So, yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's, um, that's cool. I don't really have anything to say to that. That's, I just like how you sum that up. Um, you know, this isn't about me, so I don't want to get into my feelings about the whole Oh, dude, get into Process. it. You helped write it. I mean, who cares if you're, I mean, yes, you're the host, and you gotta you gotta keep on your. I mean, you're, yeah. you're as much a writer here um, on this as I am. Oh, and I'm honored that you say that. Um, but at the end, I guess if I were to just to add anything, just in my in my experience with the singles um, and working on this, is that if like what you were saying, if it all blew away, you know, and you somehow it was all gone at the end of the day, um, you would be very upset because it's something that we, we kind of loved into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, um, it could all go away. Every last word, every last page, every last character, every, every, everything about it could be gone. You're about to one up me here. Long, I can feel it. As long as I, as long as I could still have the, could say I still had the experience. Yeah. No, and that's that's because very because the experience and, of of creating something like that and being just being a small part of that experience was what made it special to me. Oh, and it, it definitely was. And, and just to add to that, I mean, part of the experience is the people that we worked with. And um, I, I think the ultimately that's what those stories are is it's, it's a living memory of those memories that, you know, the six of us made together writing these stories, you know, and there, there's a little bit of all of us inside of there. Um, yeah. And, you know, coming kind of coming back to what I was saying before about the characters, I think that's that's truly what makes the character special is um, they're a way for the writers to always remember themselves and remember each other. Yeah. As cheesy and corny as that may sound, I 
I believe that's true. I think so too. I I think this is probably one of the most unique, I guess, writer interviews that we've had because you know it's an experience that was shared by an eclectic group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, ultimately, I it just makes me think about some of the things I learned while I was in college and things that I've learned outside of college and, and up until this point now is that when we're when we're blessed with talents to to be able to do things creatively it doesn't it becomes sometimes when when they're good and when you're good at it it becomes special when you're able to share it with other people because it becomes bigger than yourself and it becomes less and less about mm-hmm. you and it becomes more and more a part of the of the community Absolutely. and the group of people you share it with and all the people who get to touch it yeah and that's what's really cool about the single is it is it did it actually legit had a community of people who were following it um and it was very much a small very niche community um (laughs) it's like a cult 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 classic you know like you have you know you know maybe a couple hundred people yeah probably about a hundred people who know about it and, and were following it and Really, that was so exciting. It to was. Just feel that I, I constantly had people asking me about it, like, like what's yeah. going on with this? Like, when are you guys making this? And it's, um, I I want so bad for it to get picked up because I I don't like tooting my own horn, and, and like I said before, um, it's like I don't I don't feel that I'm some incredibly gifted writer. I think I'm a good writer. Um, but I think I was able to work with a lot of talented people and together we were able to make something that truly is special and truly is a good story. Um, and yeah, that might be a good place to leave it actually. Yeah. I remember saying once, whoever sticks with the singles has a career and I didn't know what that meant exactly, but I knew that like there was something here and whether that was um, the singles actually going somewhere eventually or just the fact that it helped us all become better writers. I mean, Mark and I now like look at (laughs) like still, still developing stories and producing things. And like Mark said, he attributes the singles to his first job out of college, Seth is actually since his first, his podcast with us, the first episode um, is now the editor for a magazine. Um, I mean, I mean like actual. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I'd have to ask Seth, but um, I mean, that probably pushed him back onto wanting to be a writer a little bit because he was was considering other things at one point. Yeah. Um, And um I mean, Patrick, look at you highlighting the unsung stories. I mean, I truly think that having the singles as a key part of our college careers has led us to where we are now and has um, launched us into wonderful things and wonderful things yet to come. I agree with that. Um. I 100% agree with that. There's a lot of blessings. I mean, like, I feel like I can count that, you know, or there's so many uncountable things or immeasurable things that I've, I've had the pleasure of being able to work on this project. And it's, it was so much fun to, to go back and, and look at this project again 
and mm-hmm. and make and, and adapt it for the podcast and yeah i don't, I don't um, think we've talked about it in a while so yeah. it was uh, good to reminisce on it oh yeah fun. Do a special episode to get everybody on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be, but I know that since <laughs> in recent years, recent months, um, Patrick and Seth and Madeline actually were working on it. Yeah. We did lightly. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. Um, so mark what's uh what's next for you what are you working on now and how can people find you you guys have a production company now and yeah we have a production company we're working on a uh we haven't created our website yet but hey if you have a a baby (laughs) and you're listening we just uh we're we're releasing a sleep course um for babies called baby sleep blueprint Uh, you can learn more about it at uh, babysleepblueprint.org so uh, we offer a free training, which is really cool. Um, but so that, that that's something that we've been working on recently. Um, and that kind of stems off of our, what we were doing with our last job, but yeah, we're, we're just starting our own production company. Um, not entirely sure what that looks like yet, what we're going to be, what kind of stuff we're going to be working on. Um, right now it's looking like we're going to be different kind of doing different kind of course creations and, um, doing some ads, things like that. But Hoping that we can, that I can start doing some short films or or something like that here soon, um, even if just as a hobby. But um, man, we didn't even get into the short film we worked on together in this, Patrick. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh uh, man, so that's like a whole that's a whole discussion in and yeah, of that's itself. Yeah, discussion. Um, but yeah, um, you know, so we truthfully, I don't know what's next for me. Um, just going to kind of go with the flow. We have some goals. We have some plans that we want to do. Um, but yeah, just uh, going to keep writing, going to keep filming stuff. And uh, ultimately one day, I think I, I would like to go to graduate school um, either for film or for screenwriting. Uh, and I'd like to teach. So that's also a long-term, I want to retire teaching. That's my goal. So that's awesome. um, I'd like to do some indie filmmaking. I'd like to do something in Hollywood and then I would like to teach. So if I can kind of hit all those things at some point along the way, you know, in the next 20, 30 years, I'll be happy. Sounds good, man. I'm going to take your class, you know, 30, 40 <laughs> yeah. years from now, I'll be in your class. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, you'll be far past me. <laughs> no, please. You'll be, oh, you'll be please. the one teaching me to get into, so I can get my graduate degree. <laughs> oh, that'll be the day, Mark. Um, but um, man, I I don't I did not expect this to happen. Um, give me a second. Of all the time that I've gotten to know you and I've gotten to work with you, and it's been so awesome to work on this with you. I am so proud to say that I liked you first. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and as a podcast, I, I'm glad to say that we liked you first. So um, I'm excited to see all the things that you're going to do next and i know that i'm going to be able to see them because um i'm grateful for 
the connection that we have. And um, I'm sorry, this is all getting edited out. <laughs> this is where I draw the line. Um, <laughs> um, everything else stays, <laughs> but this part gets edited out. <laughs> um, no, it stays. <laughs> okay. It's if all, all it all stays blunders stay uh, no, i said a blunder that probably wasn't appropriate <laughs> <laughs> um but um i hope our listeners have enjoyed listening to the singles um just a small brief part of it that we got to share with you guys today um stay tuned in the future because it'll probably be coming to some streaming service or television network near you um um, and watch out for Mark and Emma because they're a package deal. <laughs> coming your way. Um, and um, we're so thankful that you that we got to work with you guys um, tonight. So thanks so much, Mark, for letting us use your work. And um, thank you, Mark, for joining me. Yeah, I'm and happy Patrick. to have joined you guys, and um, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a really good night. I like um, you guys first too. <laughs> Thanks, did buddy. Like me first, actually. <laughs> I really think, to be honest, Mark, you did like me first too. So, out of everybody I know, I think, well, awesome. you liked me first. Um, but like um, just so our audience and our listeners know, we next our next episode will be our season one finale of the singles um of the singles oh gosh wow, <laughs> it'll be the season good. finale season one finale of we liked you first um we want to make sure everyone knows we want to hear your script um we want to hear your work and we want an opportunity to give you a platform to um to have your voice heard so if you're interested in um in uh submitting to we liked yes, you first yes yes um please email us at we liked you first at gmail.com Send your follow, stuff our way. Send it, uh, send it our way, and please follow us on Instagram at We Liked You First, and on Facebook, um, just We Liked You First. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, if you have friends who are writers, if you have friends who are actors, we love having actors on our show. We have a wonderful, wonderful main cast, but we love adding guest stars. Um, so please, please join us. Um, we're excited to have you guys. Um, but thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in two weeks for the season one finale and we'll we'll give you more information as it comes anything you want to say emma <clears throat> we liked you first we liked you first and there Thanks, is more work out there that we want to claim to have liked first so yeah. please our way we're going to like it all first. All of it. <laughs> Patrick, as always, it's a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Patrick, I love you, buddy. Love you too, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening.